Happy Sunday to you. I'm Curtis Quillen, and this is the South Texas Sports Podcast. Uh, news from last week. I misspoke whenever I mentioned the girls' holiday tournament in Corpus Christi. The Floresville Jaguars did win the tournament. However, it was not played at Teloso Midway. It was played at West Oso. Congratulations to the Jaguars on their victory, and I apologize for the wrong site. News in high school football here in South Texas at Judson High School in Converse, legendary head coach Jim Rackley has called it a career, citing health and family for reasons for retiring. He spent 18 years as a head coach with 11 of those at Judson. The other seven he split between Antonian and Southwest. At Judson, he had a 101 and 37 record as a head coach. And in his 18 seasons as a head coach, he finished with 137, 71, and 1. Again, that was 137 wins, 71 losses, and 1 tie in his 18 seasons. He made it to the state, excuse me, he guided Judson to the 5A Division I state title in 2002 in his second year as Judson head coach. And in 2005 and 2007, they made the state championship game where they unfortunately were defeated. <clears throat> um, he was an assistant coach under D.W. Rutledge, excuse me, between 1993 and 2001. He also served on the Judson staff between 1980 and 1987. He was actually the replacement for Coach D.W. Rutledge, who the stadium at Judson is named after. He guided, he guided Judson through the opening of Wagner High School in August of 2005 and said that, excuse me, he was quoted as saying, there are lots of coaches that have passion. Excuse me, that was this is D.W. Rutledge, I'm sorry. There are lots of coaches that have passion, but Jimmy's unique in his intensity, sincerity, and a genuine care for his kids. Rackley, who has two ranches in the area, says that he is looking forward to life as a rancher and spending time with his eight grandchildren. Defensive coordinator Mark Soto has been named interim coach in Judson ISD is currently looking for a replacement for Jim Rackley. Steel coach Mike Jenks, who guided Steel High School to the 5A Division II state championship game this year and also the state title last year, graduated from Judson and has been thought a possible successor to Rackley said on Tuesday he is, not, he is not considered applying for the job and does not want to comment on the opening out of respect for Jim Rackley. Mark Soto, the defensive coordinator, says that Coach Rackley carried on a tradition from Coach Rutledge, and he's laid all the groundwork for the next coach to keep it going. But I don't think anybody else can give a better pregame speech. Again, that's 26 years at Judson on the staff, 11 of those as a head coach, and Jim Rackley is calling it a career, retiring after 11 years as a head coach for the Rockets. More bowl games have gone on in college football. We'll get some more high school football later with the U.S. Army All-American Bowl. Let's recap, let's recap all the bowl games that have gone on to this point. Prior to this week, the Gilded New Mexico Bowl. Temple defeated Wyoming 37-15. to That started off the bowl season. The famous Idaho Potato Bowl, Ohio beat Utah State 24-23. The RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl at the Superdome. Louisiana Lafayette defeated San Diego State 
the Beefo Brady St. Petersburg Bowl. With a 10-10 tie late in the game, Marshall pulls ahead 20-10 over Florida International. The San Diego County Credit Union Poinsettia Bowl. Louisiana Tech gave TCU everything they could handle, but in the end, the Horn Frogs pulled away 31-24. The Mako Bowl Las Vegas. Boise State defeated Arizona State 56-24. The Sheraton Hawaii Bowl. Southern Miss defeated Nevada 24-17. The Advocare V100 Independence Bowl in Shreveport saw North Carolina fall to Missouri 41-24. That was Missouri's final game as a member of the Big 12 Conference. They will jump to the SEC next year. The Little Caesars Bowl in, in Detroit, Purdue defeated Western Michigan 37-32. The Belk Bowl in Charlotte, NC State defeated Louisville 31-24. The Military Bowl presented by Northrop Grumman. Saw Toledo edge the Air Force Academy 42-41. to That one was played in D.C. The Bridgepoint Education Holiday Bowl. Steals Malcolm Brown and the Texas Longhorns defeated the California Golden Bears 21-10. Champ Sports Bowl. The Florida State Seminoles defeated the Notre Dame Fighting Irish 18-14. The Valero Alamo Bowl. Saw the scoreboard light up as... Baylor defeated Washington 67-56. The Bell Helicopter Armed Forces Bowl. BYU 24, Tulsa 21. The New Era Pinstripe Bowl. Rutgers beats Iowa State 27-13 and then dedicates the win to their player who was paralyzed recently. The Insight, excuse me, the Franklin American Mortgage Music City Bowl saw Mississippi State defeat Wake Forest 23-17. The Insight Bowl saw Oklahoma beat Iowa 31-14. Iowa was looking to upset a Big 12 team in that bowl game for the second year in a row as last year Iowa beat Missouri in the Insight Bowl. The Meineke Car Care Bowl of Texas. Texas A&M defeats Northwestern 33-22, and that was Texas A&M's final game as a member of the Big 12 Conference. They will also jump to the SEC next year along with Missouri. The Hyundai Sun Bowl. Utah defeated Georgia Tech 30-27 in overtime. That one was played in El Paso. The AutoZone Liberty Bowl saw Cincinnati beat Vanderbilt 31-24. The Kraft Fight Hunger Bowl in San Francisco saw Illinois out of the Big Ten defeat UCLA 20-14. UCLA, of course, got a waiver from the NCAA to play in a bowl game as they had a 6-7 record. They finished second in the Pac-12 South, but because the first-place team was USC, USC was, of course, bowl ineligible for a bowl game this year, so they could not play in the conference title game. Um, UCLA had a 6-6 six and six record, lost to Oregon in the Pac-12 championship game, got a waiver from the NCAA to play in a bowl game with a 6-7 and seven record, and with the loss to Illinois, UCLA finishes with a 6-8 and eight record. The Chick-fil-A Bowl rounded out the year of 2011, with a 43-24 win for the Auburn Tigers over Virginia. What would have been a New Year's Day bowl game, had it not been a Sunday, was played on January 2nd, and that was the Ticket City Bowl at the Cotton Bowl in Dallas. It saw Penn State fall to Houston 30-14. The Outback Bowl in Tampa Bay was a thriller this year. Michigan State defeats Georgia in triple overtime 33-30. The Capital One Bowl in Orlando, South Carolina gets its first 11-win season in school history 
with a 30-13 to victory over Nebraska. The TaxSlayer.com Gator Bowl saw Fl- Florida defeat Ohio State in what was commonly referred to as the Urban Bowl, 24-17. Of course, Urban Meyer, the former Florida Gators coach who retired citing his health as a reason, is was named earlier this year the new head coach at Ohio State. Interim head coach for the Buckeyes, Luke Fickle, will remain on the staff. The Rose Bowl game presented by Vizio. That was... That's, of course, the granddaddy of them all played in Pasadena, California. Oregon defeats Wisconsin as, uh, <coughs> excuse me, as Russell Wilson was late to spike the ball with one on the last snap of the game and was, did, was not able to spike it until after the clock struck zero. Oregon beats Wisconsin 45-38. The Tostitos Fiesta Bowl. Floresville's Nick Martinez. And the Oklahoma State Cowboys edge Andrew Luck in the Stanford Cardinal in overtime, 41-38. Stanford missed a field goal with three seconds to go in regulation to win it. And then in overtime, <coughs> in overtime they missed one as well. Oklahoma State was able to convert, and they walk away with a victory, 41-38. The All-State Sugar Bowl at the Superdome. Michigan beats Virginia Tech 23-20. to in overtime. Controversial overturn of what would have been a Virginia Tech touchdown in overtime as it looked like the receiver came down with possession of the ball, landed in bounds. What the official said was that the ground knocked it loose and that they overturned it, made it fourth down, and Virginia Tech missed the the succeeding field goal. The Discover Orange Bowl. West Virginia breaks Baylor's record of most points scored by one team in a bowl game as they drop 70 to Clemson's 33 at Sun Life Stadium in Miami. The AT&T Cotton Bowl at Cowboys Stadium in Arlington saw Arkansas defeat Kansas State 29-16. The BBVA Compass Bowl at Legion Field in Birmingham, Alabama saw two teams, one of which is leaving the Big East Conference for the ACC, the other one is leaving Conference USA for the Big East. SMU, of course, is leaving Conference USA as they defeat um, ACC-bound Pittsburgh 28-6. We have two bowl games left. Today is the GoDaddy.com Bowl at Lad People's Field in Mobile, Alabama between the <clears throat> between Arkansas State and Northern Illinois. And tomorrow night, January the 9th, at 7.30 East, excuse me, Central Time, at the Louisiana Superdome in New Orleans, it'll be the All-State BCS National Championship game in a rematch of a classic played in November with a 9-6 overtime final between number two, Alabama, and number one, LSU. Alabama head coach Nick Saban won a national championship in 2004 with LSU before departing for the NFL. Again, that game is Monday night at 7.30 Central Time on ESPN. been a pretty good bowl season so far if you're a fan of offense and there's been a few games that have had some good defenses also let's jump back into the high school ranks real quick the the u.s army all-american bowl was played yesterday saturday january the 7th there were some players to watch in the game as the west defeated the east 24 to 12 number one 
excuse me, the number one overall recruit, according to Rivals.com, Doriel Green-Beckham, a wide receiver out of Springfield, Missouri, was the MVP and played for the West. Other notable players are Darius Hamilton from Don Bosco Prep in New Jersey, the 6'4", 245-pound defensive end who is undecided on where he's going to go to school. He's ranked number two overall in defensive ends across the nation. He's the son of former New York Giants lineman Keith Hamilton. His three favorite schools right now are Rutgers, Florida, and Cal. Stefan Diggs from Our Lady of Go Our Lady of Good Counsel in Olney, Maryland, is a six foot one hundred eighty five pound receiver, undecided on where he's going to go. He's number the number two receiver according to Rivals.com. He's one of six finalists for the U.S. Army Player of the Year. Recorded 1,443 all-purpose yards, 13 touchdowns, and 32 tackles with four interceptions as a senior. Gunnar Keel from East in Columbus, Indiana, is a 6'4", 220-pound quarterback bound for LSU and is ranked the number one pro-style quarterback in the nation. He originally committed to Indiana but switched to LSU in December. He threw for 2,528 yards and 28 touchdowns with just four interceptions as a senior, leading his team to the Indiana State Semifinals, and he was also the Gatorade State Player of the Year for Indiana. <clears throat> players that one of the players that worked out in the U.S. Army National Junior Combine on Friday in the Alamo Dome was <clears throat> the Little Admiral, six foot five wide receiver from San Antonio Christian, Corey Robinson, son of legendary Spurs center and Hall of Famer David Robinson. <clears throat> it was the first scouting combine Corey has attended, and. During this, he was, <coughs> excuse me, during this he was quoted as saying, these guys are a lot more physical, a lot faster, and a lot better. He's just played two years of organized football and then followed that statement with, and it's great seeing how great receivers play and how I can emulate that. He led San Antonio Christian to the TAPS Division II state um, semifinals, excuse me. He's received mild interest from UTSA and Larry Coker, Kansas, who will be led by Charlie Weiss next year, and Texas, who, of course, is led by Mac Brown. <coughs> Some of the people expected to commit from Texas are is Euless Trinity linebacker Brian Nance, who was playing for the West. Uh, no word. I have not found a, any word on where he will. <coughs> excuse me. On where he will uh, attend. Also played yesterday in the Alamo Dome were the Football University Youth All American Bowls, which is of course um, games such as the seventh grade and eighth grade. I have not found any scores on that. I will attempt to do so and have them for your podcast next week. Staying in the high school game real quick, two-sports star Derek Griffin has committed to Texas A&M. Griffin out of Rosenberg Terry over in the Houston area is a 6'7", 215-pound two-sports star. 
He confirmed the news to Max Preps over a text message on Friday night. On the football field, he hauled in 36 passes for 509 yards and 12 touchdowns. He's also listed as the number 27 basketball recruit in the class of 2013. He is a junior at Rosenberg, Terry. Um, <clears throat> he is the, num the number one football recruit. Or excuse me. He is his size and blended skill make him comparable to the number one recruit in football from this year's senior class, Doriel Green Beckham, who led his team to a state title in basketball as a sophomore. <clears throat> At one time, uh, Green Beckham considered pursuing both sports in college, but has since decided to focus solely on football. Griffin's commitment is a great start to the tenure of new Aggies coach Kevin Sumlin, and he is, <clears throat> excuse me, Griffin has also made it clear that he does pursue to uh, plan to pursue both football and basketball when he arrives in College Station. That was a, that's a great pickup for Sumlin and the Aggies. They need some athletes as they go into SEC play next year. In the NFL, the Houston Texans have won their first playoff game in franchise history, and they did it in their first playoff game in franchise history. In they played in Houston and beat the Cincinnati Bengals 31 to 10. <clears throat> Houston had 19 first downs to Cincinnati's 21. Um, they got one of those off of a penalty, and they, the other 18 were split between passing and rushing. The Texans were 6 for 12 on third down. Never had any fourth downs. Um, they were extremely efficient in the red zone as they only had one play in the red zone, and they converted off of it. Uh, or they only had one trip in the red zone, and they converted off of it. They also did the same on goal to go whenever you get a first down inside the 10-yard line. Um, they had 340 total yards, 57 plays. They averaged six yards a play. They had 188 rushing yards on 35 rushes with two rushing touchdowns, 152 passing yards as they went 11 for 20 with no interceptions. And uh, Katie High School grad and TCU grad Andy Dalton, the Bengals quarterback, was tw went 27 for 42 with three interceptions. Houston had a passing touchdown while Cincinnati did not. Return yards on punts and kicks was 40 for Houston and 42 for Cincinnati. The difference was an interception late in the second quarter by Oh, I can't find his name. JJ Watt. There it is. By JJ Watt, the defensive end for the Texans, who returned at twenty nine yards for the touchdown. Again, the final score Houston thirty one, Cincinnati ten next week. The Texans will head to Baltimore to take on the Ravens in the divisional round of the NFL playoffs. The New Orleans Saints and Drew Brees last night hosted the Detroit Lions at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome in New Orleans. And the Lions come up short against the Saints. Come up. The Lions come up short against the Saints. Sorry. 45-28. <clears throat> the Saints... 
move on to face the San Francisco 49ers in the NFC Divisional Round. We'll wrap it up with a little bit of college football news. We've all heard about the drama going on at Penn State, the unfortunate drama going on at Penn State, which ended up costing legendary head coach Joe Paterno his job. Bill O'Brien, the deep offensive coordinator for the New England Patriots, for the last four years has been named the new head coach at Penn State. He will, of course, go through the playoffs with the Patriots this year. He's, he... Uh, took the podium, looked straight ahead, and introduced himself. I feel like I'm a mentally tough guy right now. I feel like I'm the right guy. Some are wondering if this hire is just a look in the mirror, as at the age of the hiring, Joe Paterno was 39, Bill O'Brien was 42. They both played their college football at Brown in the Ivy League. They were a college football assistant for 16 years for Joe Paterno, 14 years for Bill O'Brien, and their boss current at the time of the hiring, Bill O'Brien, of course, works for Bill Belichick, who will be in the Hall of Fame. Paterno worked for Rip Engel, who is a college football Hall of Famer. Of course, Belichick will be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, not the college. <clears throat> O'Brien is the first head coach that Penn State has had to hire in football in nearly half a century, and it's his first head coaching job. In the college ranks, he made stops as an offensive coach at Maryland and offensive coordinator at Duke and Georgia Tech before going into the NFL ranks and only working with the Patriots in the pro ranks. Um, one thing that worries a lot of Penn State grads is he has no connections to Penn State, and they're worried he won't uh, understand the traditions and be able to carry them out. O'Brien insists that he will be able to make it work, and he is inviting um, input from any Penn State grad. <coughs> he's not only is O'Brien replacing Division One's winning as coach, he's joining a still reeling school, attempting to steer its way through federal NCAA and Big Ten inquiries. Not to mention criminal proceedings against former administrators. Sandusky, meantime, uh, of course, Jerry Sandusky, the former assistant coach who is said to have uh, molested all these children. He's awaiting trial after waiving a preliminary court hearing last month. Sandusky has, of course, denied the charges. <coughs> he has, of course, denied the charges of the molestation. We still need an opening theme song, so send those to SouthTXSports at YMail.com. Again, that is South Texas Sports. Excuse me, SouthTXSports at YMail.com. I'm Curtis Quillen, and this was the, the weekly South Texas Sports Podcast. See you next week.